Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. You have tuned in for the inaugural Sunday Fun Day edition of the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me on the Sunday Fun Day, the co-pilot in the co-pilot seat, longtime friend, fantastic bassist for Bella Vita, the one, the only, Jake, Papa J Bones, parlor. Papa J, how's it going? It's going good, man. You know, I was just chilling out by the pool with my pops, listening to some Quaker City Nighthawks and just oh. some cold bugs. Yeah, nice, nice. Bringing it in, topical for the show. I like so it. So true. I like it. Now, last week, Jake, we had a little bit of a a false start, oh. little technical difficulties on our side, but we got it worked out. We got it worked out, and the fun day Sunday show has arrived yes yes i'm excited i am excited jake we are gonna take the listeners behind the curtain you know you know i want to give them i get i want to give them a little sneak peek at the papa j goods you know wait what don't worry you're not gonna have to take off your underpants they will stay Hmm. on for this don't worry um what we're actually gonna do well actually no we're on the radio you can take your pants off it's fine don't worry about it nobody will know it's good they've been off nice nice comes prepared but i want the listeners to get to know the man that's in the co-pilot seat you know i need i need them to know the man that if while we're doing the show and i'm attacked by japanese murder hornets they need to know the man that will kick my dead body out of the seat and flawlessly take over the show they need to know that guy that's you jake they need to know you papa j bones they need to get to know what you're about so i'm gonna ask some questions some get to know you questions of jake parlor and inevitably just to warn the listener I'm going to inject some of my thoughts into these questions as well. Even if you don't want to know what my answers are, listeners, I'm sorry. You're going to hear them. That's right. Just to let you know. Okay. Okay, Jake, we're going to start out with the toughie. You ready? Hit me. Okay. Zombie apocalypse. It's coming. Okay? Jeez. You need three people that are going to be on your team. Who are you choosing for your team for the zombie apocalypse? Who you bringing along with you? Hmm. All right, and this is assuming that you have already been taken out, right? What? No, no. You can, you can choose me. You can All choose right, me. I'll, I'll take you. Nice. Uh, you know, I'll take Ken Vogler as well. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, good choice. Yeah, Ken. What's up, man? Oh hope man. You're, hope you're doing well. Yeah. And then for the third one, I think we'll go with Charles Anderson. Oh my gosh! What a team. Yeah. Man, we won't last five seconds against those zombies. Oh. I'm going to be honest. Dude, we, we will be dead just, so quick, and Ken will laugh think- at me while I'm getting killed. That's oh, right. man, it'll be bad. Well, I was I was just thinking along the lines of th- th- nobody's going to want to come around us. 
that's with true. that team. You know? That's true. So. They will They will see the three of us and you, Jake, and they will run for sure. That's a fact. For sure. I'm going – I went serious. You ready for my serious team? Here's, All right. Here's what I went. Bear Grylls, he's my survivor, you know. He's, he's the guy so we can avoid – like the city areas, you know, we can stay out there in the middle of nowhere and we'll be able to survive, you know? So true. Then I've got Brock Lesnar. He's he's our security guard. He'll kill any zombies that come around. He's giant. He's done the MMA stuff. That's good, right? And then, just for entertainment, Paul Rudd. Because, okay. you know, nobody will ever get annoyed at Paul Rudd. So nope. he'll always be a fun addition. That's my crew. I think it's a good crew. I yeah, think. That's, that's that's a good crew. It's not as good as your crew, but it's a good crew. It's good. I think, okay. I th- yeah, hmm? yeah. I think but, if I had to pick a serious crew, it would mm-hmm. be Woody Harrelson because he's uh, already. He's that, seen the yeah yeah he's seen know. that environment. Yeah. I understand. John Wick just because he's not scared of anything. Wait, there you go. And then for the last one, I think I would have to. I like Vin Diesel. Oh. Uh, is that weird? Yes! I mean, all of these are imaginary characters, like as far as their actual ability in real life. But you know what? I mean, it's not like zombie apocalypses are going to happen anyway. So I yeah. like it. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. Uh, okay. What's your favorite way to eat eggs? Hmm. Ooh. Uh, let's see. My favorite way to eat eggs. Well, I'm just a very simple guy, so I like to just scramble them okay. with a little bit of a little bit of spinach, mm-hmm. uh, maybe some bell peppers and onions in there. Nice. Uh, if I if I have the time, and then some Frank's Red Hot. Oh, okay. Spice yeah. it up, but not yeah. too many calories. I like it. Exactly. Yeah. I so like true. It. I'm gonna go real fat. Word. I like either an omelet or a quiche. I don't know if a quiche really. If that's if you can consider that a way to take your eggs, since there's so many other things in it. And basically, yeah. it's an egg pie, but still, it's delicious. So true. Panera used to have these little personal quiches. Oh, oh I think they still have them. But man, mm, get out of town. They're delicious. Oh, so bad for you, but so delicious. Okay, this goes along with it. What's your favorite breakfast cereal? Hmm. Ooh. I like the Reese Puffs. I'm oh, not going to lie to you. Nice. Nice, yeah. good choice, good choice. I'm going with the classic, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ah, uh, damn. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's a good that one, man. That is a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. I, I like, it's one that I'm never really satisfied. Like, at the end of a bowl, I'm like, I'd go for a little bit more. Yes! I could do a little hey. bit more. Like, yes! mm, L- mm. Listen to this, listen to this, Doc. All okay. right, so... You know I was a, a chubbier kid in high school. I've told you about that, right? I recall. Yeah, I recall. All right. So, you know, I had I had the weirdest cravings as a kid though growing up. You know, all my friends were eating like Captain Crunch or like yeah. Reese Puffs. And yeah. Weird. You know what I was eating as a kid growing up? What? Special K, just uh, plain original with hey, skim Hey man, it's pretty tasty. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't mind a good bowl of Special K. I'll get down on it. See, here's the thing with me. My parents wouldn't let me have sweet cereals as a kid. Nope. You know, that was one of those weird rules that they had. Like, they didn't have many rules as far as unhealthy food, but that was one of them. No sweet cereals, 
right? So, like, I had to, I developed a taste for your, for Cheerios, for, for Special K, for Product 19. Anybody out there that's heard of Product 19, get on that party wagon right there. Wait, what? That stuff tastes like cardboard, my friend, but man, did I love it. Oh, it's good. But then, when I got to go to basketball camp, you better believe, breakfast, lunch, dinner, cereal every single time and it was the most unhealthy sweet cereals they had so it was lucky charms it was count chocula it was cookie crisp and i had like four bowls until i wanted to throw up horrible horrible for me anyways okay next one if you could go to mars would you Mm, absolutely yeah 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 Nice. I just watched. I just watched The Martian today with uh, wow. Matt Damon. Topical, yeah. topical. Yeah. There, hmm. I feel like there are a bunch of 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 variables in that one, though. You know, like I feel like like right now, if somebody told me, "Hey, you, uh, you want to go to Mars?" You know, and we had the technology we have right now, I'd be like, "No way." Nope. Screw that. I'm not going to Mars. Nope. Like, first of all, it's it's, it's like it's like a two year round trip with the technology we have right now. It's, yeah. I no doubt would get halfway through that trip and be like, screw this. I want to go back to the, the home. This sucks out here in the middle of nowhere. I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> and then plus, like, what do you do when you get there? There's nothing to do on Mars. Nope. It's not like you can hang out with a bunch of Star Wars characters on Mars. Oh. None of that going on. It's just an empty red planet. That would suck. Eh, no, thank you. I mean, it, it not would be much co- to do on Earth right now, anyway. It would be cool to say, "Hey, I was the first person to get to Mars," but nah, I'm not that adventurous. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait until they get a, a teleportation device that I can go there. You know, in two seconds. All right, here's another one, Jake. Who is the oldest person you have known personally? And what interesting story did they tell you? Hmm. Oh, let's see. Probably be my pop pop. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, probably how, my pop pop. How how old's pop pop? Hmm. Pop pop's, I think, let's see. I think he's 91, 92. That's pretty old. Pretty uh, yeah, old. I, yeah, he's, yeah. Still alive? Oh, yeah, he's still... Nice. Comes over every Sunday for some Sunday dinner. So true. Very nice. Very nice. I, I I'm sort of with you there. I had to go with Meemaw, my Meemaw. Yeah. She uh she made it to 99, almost 99. Didn't make it all the way to 99, almost 99. Uh, she had a bunch of different stories, but my favorite story uh was one year at Christmas. She was getting pretty old. And, and people, you know, this was when they were, like, worried. Like, I don't know if she's remembering everything. I don't know, you know. What? And uh, and uh, there, there was there's some whispers, you know. Oh, I was pretty old. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, she was, like, 94. And, like, a bunch of my cousins always brought their, uh, their significant others, which I always found weird anyways. I'm like, you really want these people that you're going out with to see this weird crap that we do at Christmas? Nope. Like, I wouldn't want them to be here. No, thank you. Nope. So, like, anyways, Meemaw's uh, sitting there beside me on the couch, and she, uh, <laughs> she, she looks over at me, and she's like, hey, is that... Is that the same guy she brought last year? And she's pointing to one of my cousin's boyfriends. Hmm. And I was like, 
I'm not sure, Mima. I think. I I don't know. I think so. She's like, if that's the same guy, he's gotten a lot fatter since last year. Wow. She just sets, she just sets back Wait, what? in her chair. Oh, I laughed for a good like 15 minutes on that. I was like, yeah, think Meemaw's losing it. She's holding on to your weight up there. You don't worry about it. She's taking count. So true. You come to her house weighing more. She's going to call you out on it. You better watch out. That's right. Oh, Meemaw. Good stuff, man. All right, here we go. What incredibly common thing have you never done? Hmm. It's it's actually a lot of them. Um, never been to Starbucks. Mm, never. Not even never. like one thing. No. I've had a lot of sandwiches from Starbucks. So true. I've you know I just I don't. It, it, it's hard to convince myself. Like oh no, I, have, I agree. I, I agree. Have a, I have a Keurig. You know mm-hmm. and. It's actually not even a Keurig. It's an off-brand Keurig. So nice. what if I if I wasn't even willing to pay full price for a Keurig for a decent cup of coffee, what makes you think I'm going to pay $4 for a, just a standard black cup of coffee? Yeah. So, yeah, I've just never been. I just never convinced myself that, hey, you know what? Starbucks is totally worth it. That makes sense. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Well, uh, I would have to go with watch a Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. I've never seen oh. either of those. I've done that. Yeah, you've been on, you've been on both of those trains. Yeah, bro, you got to step your game up. Like I I know both of those. Like I know a lot of the the things people throw out and say about them. And it's not like people like people basically act like I am against them. And I'm not against them. I just haven't seen them. I mean, I just don't want to invest the time. Like, I mean, I got enough things to waste my time like this show. I don't need another thing to waste my time. That's, That's fine. And I've got, I've got enough. I've got enough. I don't need to add them. Maybe, maybe when I get some time, I'll waste them. Okay, uh, two more, two more here. Uh, second to last one. What tells you the most about a person? Do you think? What can you? What can? What action or thing can you find out that will let you know? Like I can hang with this person. A hundred percent. Their shoes. What kind of shoes they're wearing? Wait. What? Really. Yeah. Really? Man, all right. Okay, I like it. You know, I'm going with how they treat a waiter or waitress. Oh, that is good. That automatically tells me. If I go out, like, on a business luncheon and they treat the waiter like dunzo, I don't trust this person anymore. I don't. I I mean, I'll still talk to them, but I don't trust you. If you're that person that all of a sudden, uh, excuse me, yeah. I didn't order this with lettuce on it. Yeah, take it back. That person, nah, 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 don't trust you anymore. Nah, don't. Mm-mm. You're you're on my you're on my watch list. That's right. Anyways, okay, last one. What's something that a, a lot of people are missing out on because they don't know about it? Hmm. This is a good one too. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Something that people are missing out on, but they. Because they don't know about it. Yeah. That's the question. But it's okay. great. It's something great. Oh, man. it's This is... Okay. I got one for you. How about this? Go, go ahead, and then I'll see what you say. The Doc G Show. Ah, yeah. There you go. That. Right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't that the best answer? Isn't that? Yeah, that's, that's only fitting. Let's, yeah. let's fire up the show. You ready? Fire it up, Ben. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two. One. 
Zero and lift off. Oh, man, Jake. Like I was saying, fantastic show. None other. Quaker City Nighthawks. That's right. Uh, oh, man. So many fantastic jams we've got by them. We're going to be talking uh, to their lead singer, guitarist Sam Anderson. We're going to figure out, we're going to find out how they got the name. Quaker City Nighthawks. Word. We're also going to talk a, a lot of other things. Going to talk about growing up. His dad is a preacher. Yeah. Oh, wow. His dad's a Church of Christ preacher. And I was like, I got a feeling they weren't big fans of you making this band. He oh. was like, actually, they're really supportive. What? Get out of town. Anyways, we're going to talk to him. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to hear jams. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, uh, Jake, uh, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. The 21st of, uh, of uh, June, not the best options for super famous folks having birthdays. I mean, they weren't bad, but they, they aren't the most popular that would be easy for you to get. Okay. Sure. Sure. So the, the first one, I'm giving you a 75% rating on this. I'm pretty confident on this one. Here we go. Boone, uh, uh, born June 21st, 1985, in New York City. Her birth name was Elizabeth Woolridge Grant. Hmm. What a name. When she was uh, a teenager, her uncle taught her how to play guitar. Didn't take long before she started writing songs and performing them around the city. One of the first groups she had was Lizzie Grant and the Phenomena. Word. What a name. Nope. Lizzie Grant and the Phenomena. When she was 19, she went to Fordham University to study philosophy. In 2006, she met an A&R guy, Van Wilson, for Five Point Records. In 2010, she started going by a new stage name that she still goes by today. That's right. Also in 2010, she released her self-titled uh, debut album. And in 2012, she released her album Born to Die, which eventually reached number one in 11 countries. Jeez. Yeah. Her cover of Blue Velvet was used for several ads in 2012. She then released uh, her album Paradise later in 2012. Hmm. Honeymoon was her fourth album released in 2015. Also, later that week, uh, she added vocals to the weekend's track, Beauty Behind the Madness. Her fifth album was Lust for Life, released in 2017, with title track featuring The Weeknd and the song Summer Bummer, featuring ASAP Rocky and Playboy Carter. In 2019, she released her most recent album, Norman Rockwell, which featured collaborations with Ariana Grande and Miley Cyrus. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. I really don't know, but I'm just going to guess and say Cardi B. <laughs> Not Cardi B. No. No. Lana Del Rey. Lana oh. Del Rey. Can't believe oh. it. Didn't get Lana Del Rey. I thought you'd. I thought she's she's a weird cat. That Lana yeah. Del Rey. She's a she's an odd odd duck. I didn't know she'd done so many things with the weekend. Actually, nope. Um, I love the weekend. I ain't gonna lie about that. She uh, uh her in in one uh, what? in one article I read her her huh? music was called depression pop, which I I could I could see. I could get. 
Um, but she's popular, man. And Lana yeah. Del Rey. Uh, well, and uh, you know, The weekend. I don't know if you knew this, Jay. He's the most popular artist on Spotify. That's a fact. Oh, he, bro, I, I believe that 100%. He has the most monthly followers of any person above Jay Biebs and Dua Lipa. They're two and three, by the way. Anyways, Lana Del Rey turning the big three five. Yes! Trente Cinco. Yes! For Lana Del Rey. There you go. There you go. Happy birthday, Lana. You you enjoy it. Or better known as Lizzie Woolridge Grant. You enjoy it. So true. You enjoy it. Okay. Okay, Jake. Are you ready? We're going to rip Hit some me. headlines. Let's do it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, uh, Jake, first headline is from Orlando Sentinel. I'm going to throw a curveball on this one. You ready? Do it. A man with a machete and a machete tattooed on his face What was arrested mm. on Thursday last week. What do you think he was arrested for? Hmm. Uh, well, he should have been arrested for getting a machete tattooed on his face, mm. but... uh. Mm. I'm guessing he tried to do something with a machete. See, here's the curveball. He was arrested on charges of embezzlement. Word. Ah. No, I'm kidding. He attacked somebody with a machete. That's what he did. (laughs) He did. He did. Luckily, the man is uh, still alive, the man that he attacked. He's he's getting treatment in the hospital right now. Uh, So apparently the victim was, I guess you could say, semi-friends. With the man with the machete. Hmm. And uh, uh, the victim struck him a couple of times, and after a couple strikes, uh, he passed out. Uh, apparently, the man with the machete uh, took the guy he'd just attacked with the machete to a common friend's house and left him there. Wait, what? Like, so he, he, he uh, uh, stabbed this guy or slashed this guy with a machete a couple of times, and I was like, oh, crap. Better do something with this dude. And then took the dude to a friend's house. Hmm. Which, you know, yeah. like, like, don't like, don't you think you would take him all the way to the hospital? Like, yeah, I, like I mean, <laughs> I like how he was basically like, you know, I think if I take him to the hospital, I might get in trouble. Just take him to Frank's house. He'll know he, what he won't to do t- with he him. He won't tell on me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then... Like, come on, dude. Like, apparently, here's what happened. The, the, the dude, they got in an argument because this guy, the victim, wanted to come inside the guy with the machete tattoo's house. What? Like, he wanted to come in, and the guy with the machete tattoo wouldn't let him. And I was like, if I, if I had to ask the, the victim, like... What do you want to go in the machete guy's house for in the first place? Hmm. I mean, obviously, if you're going to get in a, an argument with a guy that loves machetes enough to get one tattooed under his eye, he's probably going to want to stab you with said machete. Like, 100%. Eh, yeah. Got a little, little thought process there. Okay. Next story. Uh, this story comes from Fox Channel 6 in Maryland. Uh, Jake, are you a gardener? Not really. No. No? No? Well, uh, fairly recently, I think it was back in April, me and Dave came across a story where a dude in England, he was doing some gardening during quarantine there, 
and he found uh, an entire car buried in his backyard. Jeez. Wow. That's yeah. that's an impressive find right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this time it was in Maryland and it was a, it was a little bit more frightening than a car. Uh, a family was doing some digging and they dug upon a World War 1 bomb that was still live. Wow. Live oh ammunition. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty that's lit. Yeah, oh, I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> the bomb squad was called in, and they determined it to be a 37 MKI projective that came from the Aberdeen Proving Grounds 10 miles away. They said, quote, discovery of military ordnance from World War One and World War II is not uncommon in Maryland. And uh, these devices pose the same threat as the day they were originally manufactured. Word. End quote. Which I got to be honest, Jake, they had a picture of, of said bomb. There is no way that if I dug this bomb up, I would think to be able to call the the bomb squad. Nope. Like yeah. there was nothing for it looked like a tin can. Seriously, like it just looked like this old piece of metal in the ground. Like I really wondered how these people were like. Oh, you know what? It's probably a old World War One bomb. Should get the bomb squad on on the phone. So true. Like I was like, who are these people? Historical archaeologists? Like, if I dug that thing up, there is no black circle with a fuse that's lit. That I'm like, oh, you know what? That's a bomb. I've seen that on every every safety gate ever at a uh, airplane. I know not to bring those on. That's a fact. And this shouldn't be in the ground. That's not here, man. This looks like an old tin can. I would have. Yeah thrown that thing and exploded in two seconds. It would have been horrible. Okay, Jake, you ready for a real headline? This Let's is real. It. Just straight up headline here. Quote, oh, the, the, the other ones have not been real? Well, they've been real stories. <laughs> you know, this is just the straight headline instead okay. of, yeah, so here's the headline. Quote, Indian Hospital says a suspected COVID-19 patient died after family unplugged ventilator to plug in an air cooler. That's a real headline? That's a real that, headline. That happened. Jeez. And it starts with Indian Hospital? Indian Hospital. Because it's not from a... Uh, it's not from uh, an Indian source. It's not from India. It's from the United Kingdom. So, they said Indian. You know. Because oh, okay. it's in India. I, I thought this... Oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense now. Now I just feel like really dumb. No, yeah, no, it's okay. But I mean, you don't feel as dumb as the guy that unplugged the ventilator. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, geez, like talk about something you're never going to be able to live down in that family. Like that uh, is, yeah. oh man. And don't you think you would check? You're in a hospital. Like, if you unplug something, aren't you going to be like, hey, was that necessary? Hmm. What did that turn off? Did anybody notice something being turned off? What was turned off there? Like, just uh, a little check. Like, I don't want to pile on this guy, but come on. Check it out before you unplug it. Just just try it out, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Jake, this next story is from the Today Show. So, uh... Jake, we've been lucky enough on this show to have a winner of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. 
So in true. fact, only one of two winners in the past 10 years. That's right. We had none other than Matt Megatoad Stoney on this show. Uh, and Jake, this year, Megatoad will have another chance to dethrone the champ, Joey Chestnut, because this year there will be a Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. COVID will not stop the contest. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you excited? I'm excited. My dad and I were just talking about that earlier. That's we're right. Gonna gr- we're about to grill up some Nathan's tonight. Say what? Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that, man. Well, mm-hmm. so this year, because of COVID, there won't be any fans, which is going to be weird. Like, yeah. it's, it's just going to be them, the con- the contestants, and a giant warehouse, and the announcer. Which, like, I started thinking about that, and I was like, they better pump some tunes into that warehouse. Because, yes! oh, yeah. like, if they just have microphones with the contestants eating, that's going to be gross. Ew. Like, what, what song does Joey Chestnut come out to? Isn't it like, uh, oh, yeah, he comes out to Baba O'Reilly by The Who. Yeah. It's pretty I don't good know why jam. I know that. I don't know, but, I don't know why I know that, but... It's a good jam. That's why. That's a fact. It's a good jam. I mean, yeah. who doesn't yeah. want to? Who doesn't want to jam on that? Uh, second thing I noticed in this article, it said, "quote first major televised post-COVID competitive uh, event." Hmm. And I don't know if they should use "post." Nope. Since it's still going on. So true. You know, I don't yeah. know if that's like maybe that's- they should they should say during COVID competitive event. Like that, I don't know, just that's a valid, just a valid thought. point. Uh, last, uh, lastly, in any in, in in any case that anybody forgot, the world record is seventy four hot dogs in ten minutes, buns and all. Jeez, that's seventy four dogs, a rate of eight point one seconds a dog. Jake, wow, mm-hmm. that's insane. Yep. That is insane. I can I can pretty confidently say I haven't had that many hot dogs in the last 20 years. Like, I'm not a big dog eater, you know? Like, I used to be when I was a younger kid. I, I, I put away some dogs. But, like, I, 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 can't remember, I can't tell you the last time I had a dog, Jake. I mean, you know, if you want me to, I'll come up and eat some dogs with you and your dad. But, I mean, yeah, you know. Please do. They're well, tasty. But- you know, Doc, don't tell me you were one of those people that, you know, like when I was in elementary school, somebody was like, oh, my goodness, you're eating a hot dog. Have you read what's in those? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. No, don't worry about that. And, That's and not- I was like, yeah, I know what I'm putting in my body and I don't care. That's not turning me away. I mean, yeah. that's that's like saying that's like saying Taco Bell is made of horrible crap. I'm like, yeah, I know, and it's delicious. So true. Mm, it's, okay. It's not turning me away if it's made of horrible crap. That's not gonna. Yeah. No, I'm fine with that. It's more the fact that like, I mean, I just usually don't have the means to make a dog at my house. Like, I mean, I do, but I don't really have like the desire enough to do it. You know. Like, because I don't want to put it in the microwave. That sucks. That's a fact. And, yeah. and then, like, I I haven't had a grill for the last couple of years. So then that would mean putting it on the old stovetop. And, and if, don't you do that. No. Don't ever. Don't you, boil your hot dogs. Do not. No, I'm not boiling them, dude. I'm, I'm saying. Oh, you mean I'm, like in a skillet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
Yeah, I no, was about- no, no, no. Boiling, I, but Boilem's not horrible. They used to do that uh, in school, in elementary school, you know? They came it's out like, all right. It's like eating a tire. Yeah. It depends on how flavorful uh, of a Frankfurter it is, you know? How, how much ketchup and mustard you put on it? Eh, I'm not a ketchup guy. I usually do mustard. Mustard, mustard. and onions. All the That's way. what I go yeah. with. You know, yellow no, yellow mustard, you know? I will say, though, get a George Foreman. Yeah? A, a George Foreman grill. And those those hot dogs on George Foreman, it's like George It's Foreman's another worst. level? They were specifically made for hot dogs. I wow. Wow. All right. Okay. Well, on that note, I'm going to go online and buy a George Foreman yes! while we take a break. And we hear from our guest of honor, Quaker City Nighthawks. This is one of my favorite jams right here. This is Mockingbird right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Jake, this is where we let the listeners know that they need to be downloading the podcast. That's right. They need to be keeping up with us on the socials. So true. Because we're in the social game. They need to be doing that stuff. So, listeners... You need to go, if you're not listening to the podcast right now and you're listening on the FM radio, here's what you need to do. You need to go download the podcast, and what I would advise you to do is do it on Apple because I can really see our our dynamics, the diagnostics there, and if I see another five-star rating, it makes me happy. So true. So give us a five-star rating, yes! and then write a nice comment, and you know what? You'll have done a good deed because you'll have made me happy. Yes! I'll be I'll be jazzed the rest of the day because of that. So just do that. Then check us out on social media, Doc G Show, and then go to our website, www.docgshow.com. This the schedule is updated on there, so you will know all of our upcoming shows for the next six shows. Very exciting. Who's gonna be on there? It's fantastic. Check it out. Jake, anything to add? Hmm. Not really, man. Okay, Not good. Really. I just, good. Just, let, just let the fans know that I have I have changed my IG to... Papa J-Bones? Papa J-Bones, Papa J yeah. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Dedicated to the calls. I like it. I like it. Well, right now, we've got to thank the listeners that do listen on a regular basis. As you know, Jake, we break it up into three groups. The regulars, the semi-regulars, and the newcomers. So first, let's start with the regulars. Jacksonville, Florida, always coming through in the clutch. And when we say Jacksonville, we mean everybody. We're talking Neptune Beach. We're talking Atlantic Beach. We're talking downtown. We're talking Riverside. We're talking uh, Orange Park. We're talking St. John's. We're talking Clay County. We're talking Southside. We're talking everywhere. Thank you, Jacksonville. We're talking Columbia as well. And we talk everybody in Columbia. That's uh, that's all Columbia as well. I mean, we're going Harbison. We're 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 talking uh, where else? Uh, Casey. We're talking yeah. uh, West Columbia. West Columbia. Gilbert. We'll Down. go out there. Why not? Yeah. You know, might as well stretch it. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere we go, all the way down to Barnwell. We'll include your parents. Yeah, might as well. That's fine. I, Who cares? I'm. You know, Gainesville, Florida. Shout out to the Gator Capital there. Shout out to Radford, Virginia, the Highlanders. Shout out Dublin, Ireland, coming back in pure force this week. Tons of listens from Dublin. Thank you. Roanoke, Virginia. Shout out to the Star City. Shout out to Peoria, Illinois, coming through in the clutch as always. Mountain View, California. Shout out to our West Coast Connection. Ashburn, Virginia. We know Virginia is for Doc G lovers, and we appreciate it. Uh, Barcelona, Spain. Yes. Yes, indeed. Always coming through. Madison, Tennessee. Shout out there. Charleston, South Carolina. Shout out there. Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout out there. Boardman, Oregon. Being our regular Boardman, Oregon listeners, thank you. Kenner, Louisiana, shout out to those folks. All the London area, thank you for London, United Kingdom. And lastly, Winfield, West Virginia. Those are our regulars, Jake. Those are the people that come through on a weekly basis listening to this show, and we appreciate it. So true. We do. We do. Okay, are you ready for the semi-regulars? 
I'm ready to do this. Okay. Miami, Florida, 305. Shout, Shout out, out to the 305. We appreciate. Former residents, Ben Gordon. Uh, Dubai. Shout Dubai out. coming in with the, the listens this week. A lot of Dubai listeners. Uh, Orlando, a little bit higher in the Sunshine State. Thanks for Orlando. Shout out to them. Phoenix, Arizona. Coming through again. Listening a lot in Phoenix. Bristol, Virginia. Home of country music. Thank you, Bristol, for listening. Uh, Moscow. Thank you again, Moscow, Russia, for listening. Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you. Hotlanta. Thank you for listening. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks for the listen. Uh, Los Angeles, California. Thank you, City of Angels. We appreciate it. Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Thank you for listening. And lastly, Ankara. Ankara, Turkey. Coming through with the listens again. Thank you, Turkey. Nice. So those are the semi-regulars. Jake, are you ready for the newcomers? Newcomers, let's get it. That's right. Okay, first one on the list. We got two. We got one international. We got one domestic. Are you ready for the domestic? I don't know what that means, but let's go. What? In the country. In the okay. country of the United States. That's what we're looking right. for here. It sounds great. Ponchatoula. Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we know. Well, I know. The listeners don't know now. You've been to four states. So, Louisiana, not in one of those states, correct? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, we're going to go. You're going to come down here. We're going to go across Interstate 10 all the way to Louisiana and keep going all the way to San Diego. It's going to be a good time. I just all right. I just decided in my head that's going to happen. Okay. Okay? We're going we're gonna to bring all the radio gear so we can broadcast as we go through the areas. It'll be good. So true. Uh, Jake, if you're going to Ponchatoula, which is a little bit above uh, New Orleans, a little bit north, not too much. It was like 45 minutes maybe north of uh, New Orleans. Uh, you better like strawberry festivals. Hmm. I'd love strawberry festivals. They got a killer one there then. Yes! That's, they, that's one of the things they're known for in Ponchatoula. Yeah. Is a strawberry festival. One, of, It's a doozy. It's a doozy. And then while we're there, we need to also hit up Clybert and Sons Alligator and Turtle Tours. Word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, hey, do you think that, is it Ponchatoula? Yeah, Ponchatoula. We should reach out to someone there, and we should say, hey, during your Strawberry Festival, the Doc G Show is going to come host during the do- during the Strawberry Festival. I like it. And we'll go there. We'll set up. I like and then, it. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, I need to figure out when it is. You know, mm. that's the first on it. But good. I'm following up. Next week, I'm following up. I'm going to let you know, Jake. We're going to figure out what time it is, what time of year. We're going to find a contact. Yes! And I'm going to ask him, can we come to Ponchatoula? We have at least one listener already in the area. Wow. Come on. You, got, you want the Doc G show at your Strawberry Festival. It's going to be a good time. I like I like the enthusiasm, Jay. Good stuff. Thanks for the listen, right. Ponch Tula. Uh, okay, next one. This is our international, new international listener here. Rüsselheim, Germany. Rüsselheim, Germany. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty positive you haven't been to Rüsselheim, have you? Nope. No. Okay. But I do, I do need to tell you something i just looked up the strawberry festival oh, in poncha already doing research i like it yep and it is 
April 3rd. Ah, I just April, missed it. I knew it. April I knew it. April 5th, 2020. Okay. But it's 2021. Been, it, yeah. April, well, I'm guessing it was postponed, too, this year because of COVID. Be my guess. Sure. You know? Sure. It says temporarily closed. Yeah. Yeah. So next year will be all red. We'll have shed our COVID problems as a country, I feel, right? And we will be ready to get on our strawberry festing. Let's make it happen. Let's put the wheels in motion. Strawberry Fest. Doc G Show. Ponchatula. Yes. Get ready. Yes. 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 Sorry, I got a little enthusiastic. I'm sorry. And we stole thunder from Ruselheim. Sorry, Ruselheim. Uh, Jake, it's beside Frankfurt, uh, Germany. Okay. Right beside Frankfurt. Um, yep. Now, uh, uh, some Americans that know World War II history, uh, probably not big fans of Ruselheim because a, a war, a tragic war crime happened in Ruselheim. They put that behind them, uh, Jake. And uh, I need to hit up Verna Park in Russell's 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 Looks like a good time in Verna Park. So true. Looks like a, a lovely, lovely slice of nature. So just so you know, we'll probably we'll probably hit up the Strawberry Festival before Russell but mm. put it down on the list. Put it down. It's on, the on list. there. All right. Shout out to everybody that listens. We appreciate it, Jake. It is time. To hit up two stories we missed on some leftover rip from the headlines. Are you ready? Hit me. Okay. Um, Jake, so our next story is from the Washington Post. Uh, So last week uh, on the show with Dave, I let folks know if you're a mayor of a city, something you want to avoid uh, while being mayor of that city is calling your city the butthole of the world. That's a fact. Something you're going to want to avoid, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cleveland's mayor was unable to avoid that. He called his city uh, the butthole of the world. Well, technically, he didn't call it the butthole of the world. He said some people see it as the butthole of the world. So he was saying other people saw it as that. Anyways, I digress. Uh, Jake, I have new advice for anyone planning on being a mayor. Um, okay. If you're pl- what is it? If you're planning on being a mayor, don't go to the city right next to the city that you're being mayor for and run over people with your car. Oh, no. Yeah. No, he didn't. He did. He did. Ter- uh, I, don't, I don't care what anybody tells you, Jake. It's just a bad look. You want to avoid doing that. So true. That's something you want to avoid. So apparently that's what Chris Luz or Luz, Mm. Chris Luz, L-U-Z is his last name. I don't know if that's a Luz or Luz. Um, Well, whichever whichever one, he's the mayor of Phoenix, Oregon. Not Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Oregon. So uh, the folks in Medford, Oregon, they had a peaceful, organized uh, protest going on in the uh, streets of Medford, Oregon, uh, protesting the uh, George Floyd killing and uh, Black Lives Matter. And behind these protesters, a car was driving. And apparently, this car had not been informed of the protest. And the driver of the car starts laying on his horn, right? And one of the women that's protesting turns around, puts her sign up to be like, hey, this is what we're protesting, right? Uh, That didn't really slow down the car, and uh, he hit the woman with the side of his car. Girl, come on! Luckily, he wasn't driving fast enough to really hurt her. 
It just it just knocked her. It just knocked her over a little bit, right? Just scared her a little bit. Um, now, obviously, it would be awkward enough just knowing that the mayor of a city hit a person with their car. But then, to add to this, a couple days later, the mayor of Phoenix was having a commission meeting that was open to the public. And the lady that got hit shows up and is like, Hey, dude, you hit me with your car. And just stood and stared at him. And of course, since the mayor hit her with his car, he doesn't have anything to say like, you know, yeah. no, I didn't. Or like, you deserved it. Because obviously he'll be instantly fired for that. So like, he did, like literally all he did was shake his head. And you're just like, dude, come on. Bad, so he was like, bad decision, bro. Bad. So he was like... This this lady, I don't know who she is. I don't know what no, she's talking about. No, he didn't. About. He, he didn't. Yeah, like he can't even deny it because he did it. So he's just sitting there like, oh man, yeah. So there's some hubbub going on right now in Phoenix. Uh, don't know if uh, Chris is going to make it out of the mayorship. We'll see. Nope. We'll see. Nope. Uh, next one, Jake. Uh, this story is from WGN TV Channel Nine in Indiana. It's where I get all my Indiana news. Word. I don't know. I just said that. I have no idea. Jake, you have a dog. I have a dog. Your dog has been spayed, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't too expensive, am I right? Fairly reasonable expense? Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, exactly. They. That, go ahead. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, well, apparently it was too pricey for one woman in Indiana. Uh, a 62-year-old woman is now facing a felony count of uh, animal, animal, animal cruelty uh, after she tried to neuter her dog herself. Wait, what? What? Yeah. Yeah. She t- I, well, like, what was... I want to know... I, I, <laughs> I want to know. There's so many questions that I have. Uh, she told the police she didn't have the money to pay a vet to do the procedure. So a neighbor told her how to do it herself. Word. Which was wrap a band around the testicles and they'll fall off. Ew. No. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, like, I've heard of them actually doing that with cows and, like, Yeah, way back in the day. Yeah, way back in the day. That is not allowed anymore. No. Uh, well, Who's her neighbor? Hmm. Her neighbor should go to. Her. I don't know. Uh, for, like yourself. First of all, if you don't have the fifty bucks to neuter your dog, maybe you don't get a dog. Nope. Just uh, yeah. just a thought. Yeah. Like I is don't her, know. Is her is her neighbor like Jeffrey Dahmer or something? I, I mean, don't know, man. Second of all, I like. I want to know how did the police find out about this? Hmm. Like. Are they walking around each dog in Indiana like, hey, does this one have anything on his testicles? Nope. All right, on to the next one. Ew. Like, what are you doing? Like, or did another did another neighbor like see this and be like, oh, oh, Karen told another person to put the band on the testicles. They're doing it again. Somebody called the police. Like, who? How? What? Oh man, it's so weird. So weird. Like, come on. Come come on, lady. That's ridiculous. All right. uh, Jake, before we go to break, we got one more birthday suit. 
Now, I know you'll be aware of this uh, person. I just don't know if you know their name or not. Hmm. Okay. So it's like 100% you know them. I just don't know if you know the name. Okay? Okay, here we go. All right. Born on June 21st, 1982 in St. Mary's Hospital in London. His mother was the Princess of Wales, and his father was the Prince of Wales. Since birth, he has been second heir to the British throne. Jeez. When he was 15, his mother died in a car crash. Uh, after that, he went to college at the University of St. Andrews. Apparently, Harry. Nope. Nope, his brother. Who's his brother? Hmm. Uh, Andrew. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, that was a good prince name. A good British prince name, <laughs> yes. William. What's, what's William. Prince William. So, uh, let me let me let me finish here. Apparently, while he was at school, when he was going to the University of St. Andrews, his I really like this. His friends that talked about him because there was so much press, you know, following him around, they had a code name for him. Word. And I love it because they just went with a like a, the, the most plain name ever. His code name was Steve. Sweet. So, yeah. so whenever they brought up Steve, that was Prince William. Hey, what's Steve into these days? I don't know. Steve. Sweet. I, I think I'm going to call. I'm gonna, I, if I ever meet Prince William, I'm calling him Steve. Hey, Steve. What's up? I know, I know your code name. Wink. Yeah. Steve. Anyways, while he was at college, he started dating Catherine Middleton. Right? 2010, the two announced they'd be married. And they became the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. That's a fact. The two now have three children. Prince George, Princess Charlotte, and Prince Louis. Louis. Oh, Prince Louis, right? So that's uh, that's Prince William. Turning the big 3-8. You know? Now, I, I got a feel for Prince William. You know? He, the dude's 37, and he's got, yeah. like, no hair on the top of his head. You yeah. know? Yeah, which makes you really wonder. I like, I mean, he's never had to work ever. Yeah. Never, I mean, like, no stress. I don't know. He was in, I mean, I'm sure he got coddled a little bit while he was in the, the military, but I mean, he was still in the military. He had to go on some yeah. stressful, some stressful uh, uh, missions. He, he was in, okay. he was in search and rescue. So, you know, I mean, yes. no doubt some stress. No, but his his wife, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe she covers it up. But she looks like a low stress person. That yeah. Kate, like, I mean, she just looks happy all the time. She probably turns into a monster, you know, when you close the door. She's like, "Shut that TV off! I will murder you!" You know, <laughs> that might be her. I don't know, but she looks really nice in public. You know, just saying. But you, yeah, I've. I've I've known some I've known some ladies like that, Benjamin. You got a feel for Prince William though, because like I mean, his dad has all of his hair, and his dad's yeah. seventy-one. What? Girl, come on. His dad's a stud. Yeah, and it mean and his brother, Harry, yeah. still got most of his hair. Like I mean, it's thinning a little bit, but I mean, if I was Will, yeah. I'd be like, what's going on? What's we got billions mm -hmm. of dollars as the the royal family, and nobody can get me some hair. What's, Girl, come on, jeez! I, just, I don't know. 
No, no, yeah, I don't want. I don't want to put it down on her. I'm sorry, Prince William. Enjoy your birthday, man. You still got it all, even though you don't have hair. You got everything else, bro. You got it all. You're second in the the crown too. That's got to be weird. Just them bringing that up, you know, like yeah. I mean, like especially around your grandma, you're like, hey, so when you die, I'll be next in line. Just to, and then my dad's king. And when he dies, so, I'm I'm king. So it's supposed to be their mother, right? And then yeah, well, now no, like there's there's some technical things like uh, you know I forget like because like she, uh, Princess Diana wasn't full royalty when she married. Like she was she was related to royalty, but she didn't actually have like a title. And then she became royal. There's a whole bunch of weird things. I'm gonna have to study the lineage to tell you how it actually worked. Let me let me do some research. I'll let you know. All right. I'll let you know how that works. It's it's weird and complicated. Nonetheless, happy birthday, Prince. Enjoy it, man. Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Enjoy it. Uh, okay. Jake, we're going to take one more break. We're going to hear one more song from the Quaker City Nighthawks. This is off their first album. Some of that good stuff that Sons of Anarchy put on their show. That's right. This has been on mm-hmm. Sons of Anarchy. Uh, this is some of Adam's blues right here on the Doc G Show.
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by an extremely talented singer and guitar player for the terrific band Quaker City Nighthawks, Mr. Sam Anderson. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. So let's... uh. Let's hop in the wayback machine. Uh, you were uh, you were raised in a in a religious household. Your father was a a, a Church of Christ minister. I got a feeling uh, that the Quaker City Nighthawks music and the Church of Christ don't vibe that great. Mm. <laughs> what, was was your dad okay with with starting the band? Yeah, um, I, I, for people that don't know, uh, Church of Christ traditionally doesn't have any instruments in their worship services. Yeah. So, uh, um, that was really never something that my family kind of, uh, gave any credence to, even my father being a preacher, um, kind of the verses, I guess people use to justify that. I guess my dad was pretty good at pointing out the flaws in. <laughs> so, um, uh, and then of course my dad and, and my father and mother both had excellent music taste growing up. So, mm-hmm. um, there's definitely some probably members of the church that it doesn't vibe with, but never, uh, I never got that from my parents. They've nice. always, uh, they've always been, uh, on board, but yeah, there's definitely, definitely portions of, uh, of the church that probably are not, uh, super stoked about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like you mentioned, uh, it's all acapella in the actual church. So that's where you started sort of getting into music was, was singing. When did you start playing guitar and what got you into guitar? I didn't play guitar till I was about 19. Uh, my dad had a guitar at the house. He knew like three or four songs, uh, mostly old like Roger Miller type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I didn't really get into guitar until I guess after I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always been into singing and stuff like that, um, of course, in church and everything. Uh, and and I think I kind of did it just as a framework so I could write songs, you know? Nice. Uh, I was having a hard time just writing a song without an instrument Yeah. Uh, besides my voice. So um, I think it was the, the one that was around, but then uh, it was also kind of the one I always wanted to play, too. I wished I would have learned piano first, but uh, mm, yeah, because uh, now I'm trying to learn it now, and it's, uh, I feel like I'm doing <laughs> it backwards. So. Yeah, well, well, I saw in an interview uh, you actually talking about sort of inspirational music, and I saw you mention Carol King Tapestry, which is a, a yeah. fantastic album. Uh, when did you first hear that album, and and what was what was it that drew you in so much about it? I think I remember first hearing that album being in the in the car uh, with my family, mm-hmm. you know, like on a tape. Uh, I know we had the uh, we had the album at home, yeah, too, but. Um, uh, that was definitely the, if there was a family road trip, you know, um, that was, my mom and dad have different music tastes, but there's definitely some stuff that they land on together. And the, the Carol, Carol King was definitely one of them nice. along with like Linda, Linda Ronstadt and, that, uh, uh, that kind of golden so, era of seventies songwriting. Sounds like my parents. And, uh, yeah. So I remember <laughs> listening to that in the car and always, uh, that was also the one that the, kind of the whole family agreed on. That was definitely in the, that that special pile of music and albums that uh, that you can put on in the car and the whole family's cool with it. So Nice, nice. Well, along with uh, songs like, or albums like that, I gotta say I was really rep- uh, surprised. I came by this in another interview where you said one of your inspirations, sort of song creation, song lyrics, uh, was John F. Kennedy. Uh, yeah. H- how does JFK fit into that song creation, song lyrics? Uh... The um, the song is called the the last great audit, mm-hmm. and um, 
Uh, it's on El Astronauta, and and you know I, I'm not sure if maybe just proximity to um, Dealey Plaza, you know, Fort Worth being yeah. about 35 miles away from uh, the JFK assassination yeah. site, you know, in downtown Dallas, and just have always driven past. You know, there's still two, there's still an X, you know, marked on the on the road mm-hmm. where it happened, wow. uh, and just always being fascinated with it as a child driving past it you know and we go to dallas for something or, or other yeah and uh the then you know as i got older kind of looking more and more into it and and i'm not really more obsessed with the uh, actual assassination but just like maybe what led to everything yeah uh and and just kind of you know i was like what well, you know why what well you know i was like what could a president have possibly done you know to yeah to bring this upon him you know and just getting a more into the backstory and and that's kind of where that song was born out of it's just it, it's more it's not really declaring anything more of a, of a pondering on the subject i i kind of feel like nice nice well so a little bit of background on on the band you and david uh the the main songwriters of the group there you met in lubbock yes! uh and you were both going to school there uh you were an art major at texas tech and he was at south plains college for mandolin so give me a, give me the story about how you guys met each other um i guess it was through some mutual friend a mutual friend of ours um uh, justin young mm-hmm. um who went to high school with david and i'd met him uh, at texas tech mm-hmm. uh and he uh that's right when i started getting into music like and, and, and writing my own music specifically and performing mm-hmm and he had told me about his friend David and showed me a couple of recordings, I think of some some early stuff that Dave had. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Justin brought David to a show I was playing at Sugar Browns uh, in Lubbock. Uh-huh. And um, we hung out that night and then kind of just, I mean, hit it off immediately. Just very similar interests, uh, yeah. kind of beginning of career paths, kind of starting to and... and and uh, kind of hung out with him, and, and the more and more we talked about music, the more we kind of realized we were wanted to do the same type of thing. So yeah, I just kind of went from there. Nice. Now, now you guys, when you were there, you were playing mainly the singer songwriter type of stuff. That was what you were playing. Yeah. Uh, and I heard you and David say when you started uh, Quaker City Nighthawks that you really got fed up with that uh, for like sort of two reasons. Sort of the the audience not really having to pay attention uh, and and not you know really caring what's going on in the background of coffee shops and then the pay is pretty horrible in those situations. <laughs> which, yeah. Which which one of those was worse? What was the breaking point? The pay or the the uh, the audience? Man, I'm not sure if there's uh, well, I think it, I think one kind of expounds upon the other. Yeah. You know? uh, for sure. It's like. I guess you could uh, maybe uh, take not getting paid so well if everyone's paying attention, or maybe you could definitely take, you know, no one paying attention if you're getting paid really well. Like I said, but uh, I think yeah, I think it's just kind of a, a combo of the two, where you just you just retire of people being able to talk over us. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't have to fix that. You, you get a two hundred, you get a two hundred watt solid state pv amp and turn it up you know louder than sin and then then let people talk over here so (laughs) well so dave uh from lubbock dave moves to austin and you actually transferred to university of north texas were you still were you still art 
uh, art major when you moved to uh, University of North Texas? Yeah, I was doing uh, like design comp, so like uh, graphic design stuff. Nice, man. It, which it surprises me because it's the same. You know, uh, uh, Don Henley went there, and he didn't go. Yeah. He didn't go for music, even though that's the you know the amazing school that they have for music. Yeah, it's an amazing music. I don't, I don't think I would uh, have been accepted to the music college. To be honest <laughs> with you, but that's, uh, that, that's a pretty uh distinguished jazz program there yeah and, uh, uh that's a that's a tough school to get into because it is such a good school so yeah that's what don henley said he said he took one uh one class there and he failed it in music so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what happens yep. apparently but so dave uh dave moves up to fort worth in 2007 and he's actually going to live in a in a room that you had open at your house there. Now, when when he moved up, you were playing in a in a group, uh, thrift store troubadours, and Dave was playing in a group, black bonnets. Where did you eventually say, you know what, let's yeah, let's quit these things. Let's let's go ahead and make our own thing. Um, I, I guess um, right around. Let's see, uh, we, we we did that for a couple years, and and uh, eventually we got a. Um, it was a weekly gig every uh, Wednesday at the Moon mm-hmm. Bar in Fort Worth, and that was together. We would play like just acoustic duo, and uh, it was kind of more like a song swap really than anything else. But as that progressed, we kind of started playing more and more stuff together, and he'd play on my stuff, and 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 vice versa. And then that kind of, I think that was kind of a natural bridge into uh, creating and writing songs together. Nice. And we had written songs together before Quaker City Nighthawks. Uh, they would either go on to be used in in his band or my band. Yeah. But um, I remember being a very pointed decision to start the style of music for Quaker City. We wanted to do something that was very much, uh, you know, a rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, a band, and then I remember that being a very pointed effort. But I think probably just that natural progression of writing together and then and then realizing uh, we kind of want to start an entire project together. Yeah. Yeah, now now are you still in Fort Worth? Yes. Yeah, so you Yes, been... I live uh, just on the south side of downtown down here. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, I'm try- I don't I don't think I'm try- I was trying to think. I don't think we've had any Texas bands from Fort Worth. We've had a a lot of other We've had Austin all over the place, of course, and then we've, yeah. we've had uh, Palestine with uh, Blacktop Mojo, but never Fort Worth. Yeah. So I ask, I ask this question to uh, almost all of our, our guests, but if I'm coming to Fort Worth and I call you up and I'm like, Sam, I need a place to eat. I've got one yeah. night. Where should I eat? Where are you going to tell me to eat? <laughs> uh, Los Asaderos on the north side. Oh, nice. Uh, Probably uh, the best quesada de race or uh, puerco de race that you could ever have in your whole life. Man, man, and that's a shutdown. That's a shutdown meal too. You're done for the day. <laughs> you, eat, you, eat, you go home after that and you lay down. It's funny. And, I've, I've, you... I've gotten a couple of those recently, actually, as suggestions. <laughs> yep. Go into the food coma afterwards. I get it. Now I heard I heard Dave in an interview telling a story about a dude he met in West Texas that credited his barbecue sauce. Uh, from aliens. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. D- did you ever meet this guy or try his <laughs> alien style barbecue? I, I, I did not, but I've heard the lore of that story, yeah. and it, uh, it cracks me up every time. I sort of, I want, but, uh, I want to, I want to be pretty that guy. good. Yeah, I wanna, yeah. I want yeah. to be like, what did they tell you? I wouldn't think aliens would have barbecue sauce, but man, 
How does it compare to Tennessee style? Let me know. Texas style. It's crazy. Now, <laughs> n- now you're the one that came up with the, the name Quaker City Nighthawks. And I got to say, I was impressed with the layers as far as what you, you put into it. Because yes. it came from a Mark Twain's uh, travel book. And yes. uh, uh, them traveling, the Innocence Abroad, uh, USS Quaker City was the, the boat that they were traveling on. And then they would come in at night to play poker, uh, and those were the Nighthawks, the people that would come on the boat and go play poker at night. Are you a huge fan of Twain's in general? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with all of his stuff. I got all the big collections and stuff like that. No, no. Uh, I just was. Go ahead. Yeah, just been fascinated with his writing, just his, you know, social commentary. Always seemed to be. Uh, just a unique way of looking at things, and I always always enjoyed that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. Now, now, were you reading uh, *Innocence Abroad* when you came up with that, or did it all of a sudden just click, and you were like, "Yeah, that's a yeah." Name. Uh, well, I, I I remember when I like I I, I kind of filed it away for later. I'd, I'd read it <laughs> a few years prior, and uh, I mean, like I remember thinking, "Like that's a that'd be a pretty cool band name if I smush those two words together." So uh, yeah. You know those two phrases together. So I remember kind of filing that away for later, just because I also thought it was cool how they he was on a you know the boat that he was on was making stops in different parts of the Holy Land. So it was a largely you know wealthy religious yeah uh, uh, you know list of people on there, and uh, he was kind of having a hard time breaking through the stuffiness and finding people that would actually smoke cigars and and drink and play cards with them. <laughs> so it was kind of uh, hard to find these. These uh, like-minded group yeah. of uh, you know the Nighthawks boat boat goers. So uh, you know they kind of put their uh, stuffiness and uh, religion aside and let loose for a little bit. So. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. Well, you you were talking about it earlier, um, and I had heard that you you and Dave sort of you write separately to start. Like, how how does the songwriting process go in Quaker City Nighthawks? Uh, yeah. Yeah, normally we have uh, written together on occasion, but normally it's a, uh, you know, I think Dave and I both write kind of constantly, not really, not really just uh, sit down and write an album, but like just to constantly, you know, having mm-hmm. ideas, kind of uh, too scared to stop the flow, you know, that type <laughs> of thing. Yeah. So, um, but uh, normally, you know, we'll have an idea and we either demo them on our, our computers at home or something like that. And mm-hmm. then, then, uh, then you kind of bring it to the band. That's kind of when it gets its legs, you know, gets life breathed into it. But uh, usually the structures of them we have, and then you know we'll definitely uh, bounce ideas off each other too. You know, I'll send him uh, maybe riff ideas or, or uh, kind of let him know which direction I'm going on lyrically and vice versa for him too. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's kind of comes, you know kind of go off to our little corners come up with stuff and then bring it back over to the middle for everybody and, and see what we can do with it nice try to see who can top who i like it bring, <laughs> bring, bring your a game yeah yeah i think well i think david wins that one he's a little more prolific than i am <laughs> well after you guys fired up quaker city nighthawks it i heard it only took like six months as a band and you guys had already got enough material for the first album and yeah. now I heard when you were recording that album that you said you'd you'd never played an electric guitar up to that point. Is that true? What? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's true. I didn't even I had to 
had to borrow one for the first year and a half of the band <laughs> so I could save up money to get one. So that's <laughs> crazy, man. Now, now I uh, speaking of guitars, I see you. I, I see you playing a Gibson a lot. Would you say Gibson's your favorite as far as yeah. you play? Nice. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. I play uh, right now uh, an Explorer, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I just got a brand new uh, 335 from the Memphis shop. So, oh, nice, uh, nice. Yeah, my brother really enjoy their stuff. Yeah, my brother is a Gibson fan. He was actually <laughs> I bought him I bought him a Martin for uh, Christmas, and the first thing he was like, y "You know, this isn't Gibson, right?" I was like, well, it's pretty nice. It's a Martin, it's nice man. Come yeah. on. It was like, it's not, it's not my brand. Gibson's my brand. So, yeah, I can, I can understand. They're, they're great guitars. Um, so a big break for you guys was the show Sons of Anarchy decided that they wanted to use two of your songs on their show. When that happened, did you expect the response that you guys got after the, the, the songs were used? I think we had no clue what to expect uh the way i remember it correctly because it all kind of happened fast that album had been out for over a couple years i guess at that point yeah and uh it kind of just did probably just sat on somebody's desk you know that got passed along yeah and uh i remember getting <laughs> some i think my phone had died that night or i had it on silent or something like that yeah so somebody the guy that that mixed our record or mastered it uh danny kalb mm-hmm it's somebody that he passed along to, but he, uh, I wake up and my girlfriend at the time had, it was waking me up and was like, Hey, some guy named Danny just called and he says, you need to get back to him quick so you can sign something for a TV show. And I was like, <laughs> I have no clue what that is. Yeah. So we wanted to figure it out and, uh, got all the paperwork over and David and I were like, like, and we'd watched the show previous, you know, and yeah. just had no clue what to expect. But after that first song, I guess about, three days later they asked for two more so nice. uh, i was like well i guess you already have our stuff on file so uh <laughs> we don't have to be as a, uh running around but yeah we were running around like a chicken with our head cut off you know trying yeah. to figure out how to like do we have everything in the right order like do we have all this stuff copyrighted correctly how does this even work like yeah never even seen a contract before so uh <laughs> man all that stuff was right through our mind but one of you know, doing really well for us, and you know we've been playing biker rallies and <laughs> biker clubs ever since. So, <laughs> for sure, it, it helps. It helps with the swagger edge of the band for sure. For sure. Um, well, I heard you talking in an interview uh, about the album you brought up earlier, El Astronauta, uh, that you were making a conscious effort to paint a different picture how people viewed the South. What 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 did you mean by that? Um, you know, I think, I think the first thing people think of when they think of, you know, the South or even Southern music is, you know, a, a stars and bars, Confederate flag and, mm -hmm. and some less than stellar, uh, especially given the current climate, less than stellar uh, track record, yeah. uh, dealing, dealing with, you know, any sort of adversity that's not, you know, white and religious. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I kind of wanted to to show that that is still very much alive here. I didn't want to ever, you know, whitewash that out of it. Yeah. But uh, still show that that's very much alive here, but there is people that believe differently, and there is people that, that have recognized uh, one of the most wretched histories, you know, that you could have. Yeah. And uh, are actively trying to do stuff to uh, make sure that that never repeats itself. Nice. Nice. Now, 
Now, another song that 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 uh, really got some uh, momentum behind it of of your guys' music was uh, was Casablanco. Uh, yeah. You, you got to give me the lowdown on that song because I got to be <laughs> honest, it's got the vibe that I feel when I get when I know I'm gonna have some real deal Tex Mex. Like that's in my head. <laughs> like that that song and the the music. Just where where did that come from? Um, I think I mean that's that's kind of a lifelong story in the making, right there. Um, <laughs> uh, David and I had just actually both eaten Mexican food, uh, uh-huh. Ernesto's. And uh, we were meeting at our a rehearsal space we had over uh, on the west side of Fort Worth at the time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it was behind an old strip club in, in kind of like a little industrial park. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd met there and we're going to have a band rehearsal, but it was just me and him there. When we got in the uh, studio, David had sat down on drums and I was playing bass for some reason. <laughs> uh, our we always laugh. We say for some reason that's usually code for we were in the right mindset. <laughs> and uh, uh, we we started just kind of, they was kind of playing like a little disco-y beat. And I was playing this bass line that I, this riff that I had working out in my head. And I started just naming off all the food mm-hmm. that I wanted. <laughs> and uh, and because uh, I was like, I didn't get enough at Ernesto's. I wish I'd have gotten more. Yeah. We start laughing and start coming up with stuff like that. But also like, uh, I grew up in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood yeah. growing up, and uh, all of my friends, I had quite a few friends that would, uh, they, they had nicknamed me Queso Blanco. So, nice. Uh, and the Lo Siento No Cilantro is when I was a kid, I didn't like cilantro. Yes. So I'd go eat, eat at my friend's house, and I'd have to learn how to say Lo Siento No Cilantro so, on, my, uh, so, on my stuff. So, so, <laughs> so, so it's such a, div- a polarizing topic cilantro man some people just yeah. are in love with it and i'm i'm with you man i can't it tastes like a bitter weed to me it's ugh. yeah I've, I've i've gotten over it where like i don't i don't mind it now but when i was a kid i just didn't like anything green to be honest <laughs> with you you know so oh it was no. mass, mass, anything anything vegetably was not my favorite so i think that was the <laughs> deal I, I i did i've heard though that i don't know if this is true or not but that it's like a genetic trait yeah. that some people taste soap when they uh yeah uh, eat cilantro yeah it, i've heard that quite a bit it, so. it's it's the same thing it, it runs with uh with hops as well and beer and it also yeah. runs with broccoli as far as the taste of broccoli and some people have that genetic taste to it that it tastes great and some people just blech, blech. man i would have liked to have had that knowledge to argue with my mom with back when i was a kid <laughs> mom, I was like, mom this is genetic it's a genetic trait you know, i can't it, help it, it. <laughs> if anything, this is your fault, you know, uh, you know that I don't like broccoli. And you passed the straight down. I love beer. That's the thing. I can't yeah. help it. It's genetic. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Built into my DNA. <laughs> so it, it hasn't been too long since you guys made your first trip to Europe. Uh, you were actually touring with uh, with friends of the show, Blackberry Smoke, fantastic band. Uh, yes. And it, it seems like you guys you you had a pretty huge following. Uh, when you got to Europe that you weren't really expecting? How how did that go yeah. down when you got there? I think uh, the first place we played, I believe it was Hanover. Mm-hmm. And um, our tour manager at the time had uh, a very bad, he was a very bad British driver. And <laughs> he'd gotten us there uh, late. We got stuck in some traffic. So it was kind of like this whirlwind, 
you, we just we flew into Heathrow and drove all through the night, stayed the night in some small town in Germany, and then drove the rest of the way. And it was kind of just you know getting a drink of water out of a fire hydrant type situation. Yeah. So we get there, we're late, we throw everything on stage. The first thing that happens is my pedal board explodes because. <laughs> We had the right power conductor, but like something was wrong with the fuses, and I don't know, it explodes. So I have to plug straight in the amp. I'm frustrated. You know, we kind of barely got a sound check. I was like, great. Yeah. This is a great way to start off a tour. And then we walked out on stage. We were up in the green room and walk out on stage to start. And, you know, of course it's packed because we're there with uh, Blackberry Smoke. Yeah. You know, been making that trip for a few years now. But uh, as soon as we started the first song, we started the. Last ride of Miguel the Scared, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of one we've been playing, you know, our entire career as a band, and everyone was singing the chorus and the words to it, and it was just mind blowing, <laughs> you know, to be in a a place where it was hard to even speak with the sound guy because we're, you know, yeah, not fluent in German, we yeah, Splechen Sie Deutsch, and <laughs> uh, you know, we uh, just hearing people sing your song to you in your language while you're in a completely different country is just yeah pretty jarring you know for sure for and i mean for being the the the, the opening band that's crazy that's yeah. uh that's got to be an awesome feeling for sure uh it was <laughs> i i've i've heard you you say that you really love playing festival gigs especially when it's not a quaker city nighthawk cr- crowd what, yeah what's what's the fun of doing that man it's it's that's that's why I've always liked festivals, is because I think you know as as years have gone by, festivals have gotten more eclectic. And you know, of course, there's you know specific festivals that are just one genre of music, you know, like. Um, but I think now, especially the bigger festivals, have gotten so eclectic where you know there's each headliner every night is a completely different genre, and and you got you know massive things like ACL and and you know. Um, Lollapalooza and mm-hmm. Bonnaroo and all that stuff, but uh, it's great because it's the reason I like going and also the reason that I like playing them is because I'll go watch five bands I've never heard of at a festival like that. Yeah, you know, uh, just just because you're walking to get someone to another stage, you know, and you yeah. want, that's how I discovered uh, J. Roddy Walston. Nice. Uh, you know, a few years back was I was just walking on my way to go see somebody at Bonnaroo and snuck in a back tent because it started raining and. You know, <laughs> oh, this is 10 years, oh, yeah. About 10 years later, uh, my band went on tour with them. So, yeah. it's, you know, it's just, I think it's fun to get to play in front of new people. And it's fun also as a festival goer to see a band you never, you don't know a thing about. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so uh, your last album, QCNH, uh, which was uh, sort of the, the, the follow up to El Astronauta. Uh, you guys recorded at Nile City in Fort Worth uh, with Josh Block and Austin Jenkins, uh, and it, it was a little bit. It seemed a little bit longer as far as sort of the preparation, sort of going in than the other albums. What was what was sort of your approach uh, to this uh, most recent album? What did you want to do with this? Um, well, we, we were very excited to be working at Nile uh, City. It's, it's literally about three blocks from where I live now. Nice. Which, so that was big. Yeah. <laughs> a, a motivating factor, too, for <laughs> sure. But it, it's a fantastic studio, and their track record speaks for itself, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think this album, we were, we, what we normally do is kind of rent a rehearsal space for, you know, a few weeks before and kind of try to flesh everything out. 
um, this one had a lot more writing going on in the studio. Mm. We had we had a lot of it fleshed out, and there's there's probably three or four tracks that didn't make it on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the ones that did make it on there, we didn't have all the way, um, you know, structured. Yeah. And and we had sort of ideas of where we wanted to go, and 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 you know, sonically how we wanted it to uh, be built. But getting in the studio and actually hearing those sounds and kind of letting the song finish itself by just where it naturally goes in the studio. And that's obviously a a process that takes a little longer as opposed to, I think, the first few albums we were making, um, we we didn't have uh, tons of money to just be in there (laughs) just uh, kind of writing. So we we would make sure, you know, I think the first few albums we did everything in like one or two takes because we were just trying to get our money's worth you know yeah yeah (laughs) like you know what we have how many days four days we're gonna crank out 20 songs and we'll see what works for Uh, sure for sure but uh this one was yeah i've i've heard that you know i mean it sort of seems like that's the going thing for bands like i mean in the in the eagles you know they started out the first eagles album took like a week and it was like two weeks, yeah. then it was like three months, and then on the, the long run, it was like a year and a half that they were in the, in the studio recording it. They didn't have, uh, you know, they, they, had the, they had the time, plus they were much better artists by that time as well. So, uh, yeah. came out, QCNH came out great. It was a fantastic album. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Now, you've thrown, uh, and we, we talked about it just a little bit, you've thrown a lot of sort of social commentary into some of the previous albums. It's been in there. Right now, with as, as intense as things are, are in the country and, and sort of everything that's gone this way and that in 2020, do you think some of that will work its way into your future music? Oh, I don't know how it couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, I, I don't. I don't know. Even if you're not directly commenting being on it, I don't know how to make art without your current environment being interjected into it. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's you know I think it'll definitely be in there, and it already has you know started uh, that way with the stuff we're working on right now. So. Nice, nice. Um, well, absolutely. Well, so <laughs> along with that, that's uh, sort of the last question there. Uh, what, what's going on for 2020 for Quaker City Nighthawks? Uh, do you uh, do you have a, a plan or at least some some idea as much as many curveballs as we've been thrown? Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, I, you know, uh, this was already we we're gonna kind of pick. Um, well, we were planning on having a very busy summer, and we had quite a few things on the books, but uh, yeah. that's quieted down. But we were planning on that break in between summer and our yearly trip to Europe mm-hmm. uh, to uh, go back into the studio and start working on some stuff. We have Jordan Richardson with us now on drums. Nice. And um, he used to play with uh, Ben Harper and Relentless Seven, and, and I've known him for quite a while. And we've, we've been in bands together, but he owns a studio, and he's a producer as well, a very good producer. Very nice. Uh, so... Um, now, you know, we don't just have to, we've got, we got somebody in the band that's, that's, that does that, you know, <laughs> you got and, uh, a side producer as well. So there you go. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he's a Grammy award winning producer. He's done what he did that, uh, won a Grammy on the Charlie Musselwhite album. Nice. But, uh, but um, I think it's just going to be exciting to have him in the band where, uh, um, 
entirely self-produced out we've always produced our albums but you know in conjunction with the other people in the studio yeah um right now it's fun even just like working and demoing stuff you know getting to do that with jordan is going to be just an incredible experience yeah from the get-go so yeah and you're uh, ready, ta- ready to get that m- new material out talk about taking your time you can really you can really work with it then when you got the producer yeah. in your band that's awesome mm-hmm well, Sam, we are up against a break, man, but I, w- I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you for having me. For sure. You can keep up with the Quaker City Nighthawks on Instagram at QCNH, or you can go to their webpage at QuakerCityNighthawks.com. Let's take a listen to Suit in the Back off of QCNH right here on the Doc G Show. the doc g show you just heard quaker city nighthawks off their most recent a recent album that is suit in the back that is funky that's got a disco vibe to it i like it it's got a real that's right funky bass line 
Jake, you know what those are about. Am I right? I love a good tasty bass lick. Mmm. Mm, so do I. Just a, a good rhythm section all together, man. Thanks to Sam for being on the show. Just a good time. Sam, such a nice guy, man. Such a good interview. Yes! Uh, really like their tunes, man. They got a good vibe. They got a good vibe, you know? It's a good, like, it's classic rock, but it's not that classic. It's got a new edge to it. There's new funk to it. There's new... They just put in whatever they want, man. Yeah. You know, and, and it works. I mean, Queso Blanco, it's just them fiddling around after a good meal. And I, I dig it. Because, I mean, that hits my vibe exactly the way I feel when I leave a Tex-Mex restaurant right there. Got me feeling funky, man. Feeling funky. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, like what you and I were talking about on the break, you know, it's like, you know, when you think Southern rock, you're thinking like, you know, all, uh, the Allman Brothers are like Leonard Skinner and these guys are Southern rock, but it's such a different, yeah. you know, yeah. I, it's such a different take on it. Like with, it's got a little bit of funk. It's got some heavy metal to it. It's pretty dope. So, well, you know, they, they, uh, a lot of times you'll see it. I'm not sure who, uh, who termed the, you know, who, who, who made the term, but you'll see it as UF, UFO rock alt country. That is uh, that is sometimes the genre they will be thrown in, and I mean, seems a little reach in there for me. But you know what? Whatever it is, I'm here for so it. So true. I'm here for it. Uh, thank you for the uh, for the Quaker City Nighthawks for being you. on the show. We really appreciate it. Hopefully, they'll come back. Hopefully, when we have new shows opening up and we have venues opening up, they'll come by and stop in the studio. Maybe do some jams in here. That would be fantastic. Yes! Uh, Jake, are you ready? Third Let's birthday do this. soon. All right. Okay, I think you got this one. I think you got this one. Uh, it's in your favorite sport to watch. Mm -hmm. Favorite sport to watch. Born on June 21st, 1980 in Los Angeles, California. Our birthday suit wearer was raised in Phoenix, where both of his parents worked as Christian missionaries. He loved basketball growing up and decided to play at the University of Arizona. That's right. He declared for the NBA draft in 2001 and was drafted by the New Jersey Nets. Played for the New Jersey Nets for seven years. He was traded to Milwaukee Bucks. In 2009, he was traded to the San Antonio Spurs. Then to the Golden State Warriors in 2012. Then to the Utah Jazz 2013. Then to the Dallas Mavericks in 2014. Jeez. And then finally to the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2015, where he ended up winning a championship in 2016. He retired in 2018. Now he does work as a commentator, both for an analyst for the New Jersey Nets and as a commentator for ESPN. Name that birthday suit wearer. Dude, I, I know it, but like I don't know it at the same time. Uh, okay, let like, me. I'll, I'll give you his initials. Give me a little more. R R J. He's yeah. got a he's got a bald head. He did a lot of threes back when he was a, when he was a young buck. He could do some crazy dunking, but in by the time that he got to to uh, to Cleveland, nah, not so much, not so much. Just just tell me. No, no, I'm gonna pull it out. I'm gonna pull the teeth a little bit more, man. He's got the same name as a past the his last name as a past president. Wait, what? 
Bro, I don't know how that's supposed to help me because, you know, they didn't teach Come me. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Richard Jefferson. Richard oh, are you Jefferson. serious? I knew that. He's on. He, oh, my goodness. I'm so you mad at myself. It. I'm not You sleeping. knew it. I'm you not. knew it. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. Two out of three for the first. Oh, wait. I was one zero out for of three. three. I was like zero. zero. Oh, geez. I oh man, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. You didn't get a lot of Del Rey. You sort of got Prince William. You knew it was a oh. prince, but I mean, there was really no way that you wouldn't know it's a prince. So yeah, yeah. zero out of three. Okay. Yeah. It's all like right. I, I put the ball in play every single time, but I just never made it on base. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. It's it's the first week, and like I said, those were hard ones. Yes. I'm. I can pretty I can say confidently I wouldn't have got Lana Del Rey. I would have got Prince William. I may have gotten Richard Jefferson. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I knew he went to University of Arizona. I I knew he was an integral part of that championship team. Yeah, with RJ I would have got it. I would like to say that I would have got it. You would have gotten but, it. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's fine. It's your first show. You're breaking in the fun day Sunday feels. The Papa J Bones has got to get warmed up. I understand. I understand. Uh, moving on to new business, I got to tell you about the shows. And we got some great shows, Jake. Oh, my gosh. The shows, you don't even know, dude. We got so many good shows, yes! both on the Sunday Fun Day show and on the regular Wednesday show. Yes! Man. So this coming Wednesday, we got Moon Fever, a great rock band out of L.A. Cody Jasper leading that thing up. Such a good band. They're a good time. And then Sunday Fun Day, next week, Jake, we've got one of my favorite past guests. we got them again, Them Evils. <laughs> Such a good rock band. These guys, watch out, man. Watch out. Jake, Jake, David, and Jordan, these guys get to it. That's right. They 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 party, and they party hard. Uh, then we've got uh, Little Hurt on the show. Going to be good. After Little Hurt, the next week, we got another hard rock band, The Wild. Say what? Jake, have you ever heard of The Wild? I can't say that I have, but I can't wait. These guys are wild. Word. No pun intended. These these dudes party. They party hard. They are from Canada, and they, I can say, are the hardest rocking export out of the country, Canada. They are going to bring the heat. It is crazy. And then, very excited, on the 8th, we've got The Devil Makes Three. Laying in the cut, we've got Stick Figure coming up. We've got Trevor Hall coming up. So many good shows. Keep it tuned to the Doc G Show. But... For now, this has been the inaugural show of Sunday Funday Doc G Show. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, on the Sunday Funday Show, Jake, Papa J-Bones, Parlor. That's right. Yes, sir. This is, yeah, this is where you sign off. You got to give him a sign off, Jake. You got to say right. something. Sorry, it's my first show, guys. No, uh, no, 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 no. You, you don't need to apologize. They need to apologize for you for not having their listening ears on and ready. What? Not really, listeners. You don't have to apologize to Jake. It's fine. What do you got to say, Jake? What's, your, right. what's your sign-off? My sign-off is Papa J Bones is out, and I just changed my Instagram username during the show. So yes. Uh, yes. you guys go and find that, and uh, yes. see you next Sunday. Yes. Yes. Nice. Dedication. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it up and zip it out.